I'll tell you. Anybody else relate to that? Anybody relate to the twitching part? <laughs> yeah, that's me. So 2013 is going to be a better year. It's going to be a great year. And you know the thing about the new year is that for most people, it marks a fresh start. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Um, everyone loves the idea of a fresh start. Being able to have a clean slate is very, very appealing to, to all of us. The idea that, that yesterday's gone and we're going to start uh, uh, with, a, with a clean slate going forward. Do you know that uh, gym, gym membership increases 30% every January? No surprise, eh? Everybody, I'm going to get back in shape and get healthy. They say that the average cost of a gym membership is $55 and that the average person only goes two times per week. So they've calculated that there's about a $39 per month waste amongst all, all those who sign up to go to the gym. Uh, but here's what, they've, here's what they've discovered. A full 67% of people with gym memberships never use them. Is anybody here? Don't put your hand up. The fact of the matter is, is that we like the idea of a fresh start. We like the idea of starting fresh, having a second chance, getting it right this time. But the fact is, is that so few of us have the resolve to get it right. Did you know that this past Wednesday is the official day that marks the day when most people give up on their New Year's resolutions? That's right. January 9th is, this, is the day, officially, when most people are unable to follow through with, it, with what they've resolved to do. How about you? Have you uh, made some New Year's resolutions, some things that you are going to change this year? And how are you doing? How is it working for you? Are you doing what you thought you were going to do? Well, I want to tell you this morning that I have a secret to success. And it's a secret that most of you know, but I think a lot of us have forgotten. I'm going to share with you in just a moment. But let me just say this, that the most exciting part of my job as a pastor is to be able to preach to you a message of a fresh start. I want you to know that God really, really loves you. And he wants you to have a great life. There's an enemy of our soul that would like to tell us that God is angry at us, that God hates us, that God's mad at us, that God has rejected us, that you're a loser, you'll never amount to anything. We call this, this enemy of our soul, we call him the devil. He's called Satan. Satan means, literally, the accuser of God's people. He will do whatever he can to discourage you and to get you off track. It's no wonder... The January 9th of every year marks the day when most people give up on their resolutions. They just feel they can't do it. Now, what you need to know is that Christianity, the very essence of what Christianity is, is it's all about a fresh start, all about renewal, all about being able to start fresh. Listen to what God says through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43, verses 18 to 19. He said, God says this to his people. Do not remember the things that have happened before. Do not think about the things of the past. See, I will do a new thing. It will begin happening now. The children of Israel, as you, if you've ever read the Old Testament, you'll know this is true. They were constantly messing up. They were constantly 
failing and falling and falling short. They were constantly messing their lives up. And what would happen is that they would hit rock bottom and they'd cry out to God and God, by his grace, would allow them to have a fresh start. Now, I want you to know something. When you and I fail, when you and I mess up, when you and I don't sort of hit the mark, do you know that God does not hate you and he does not reject you? When, when the people in your life tell you that you're a loser and when Satan himself tells you that you are a loser, God says the opposite. The, the question is this this morning, is how do we plug into the grace and the power to live the successful life that God wants us to live? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, For if a man belongs to Christ, he is a new person. The old life is gone. New life has begun. All this comes from God. He is the one who brought us to himself when we hated him. He did this through Christ. And we're getting, we're getting a bit of a hint of, of the secret to a successful and happy life. 1 John 1.10 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So what you need to know this morning is that God is all about a fresh start. He's all about renewal. He's all about starting over. The verse that I'd like us, or the verses I'd like us to look at this morning are found in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. These are verses that everyone should have marked in their Bible. If you haven't marked it yet, mark it today. And if you would, read along with me. Would we do this together? But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind... Okay, this was written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, What you need to know about the Apostle Paul is that he really was... uh, a bad man. He really messed up in a lot of ways. And from his pen are these fantastic words. And so the first thing that I want to tell you that you need to do today, if you want to get 2013 right, if you want 2013 to be your best year ever, if you want this to be the year when your marriage is at its all-time highest and best, if you want things to work well between you and your children... If you want things to go well at work, if you want to get ahead and you want to get a raise, I don't think there's anybody here today that would reject a raise at work, right? Everybody would like a raise. If you'd like things to go well financially for you, you'd like to get out of debt, you'd like to be financially well off, then here's the very first thing that you are going to have to do. The Apostle Paul tells us that what he did was he forgot what was behind So we're going to start there this morning. We need to forget what is behind. I mentioned to you earlier that uh, there is an enemy of our soul. His name is Satan. And he is going to do everything he can to remind you of your past. How many know what I'm talking about today? He will do whatever he can to remind you of how you have failed, how you've dropped the ball, how you fell short, how you made promises to God and that you were not able to carry out, how you failed your wife, how you failed your kids, how you failed at work, the dreams that you set for yourself, the goals that you set for yourself, you weren't able to reach them. He's going to say you're such a loser. 
Can I just remind everybody today that no one sets out to fail? No one says, you know what, I am resolved this year. I'm resolved to ruin my marriage. Nobody does that. And if they did, you'd probably put them in an institution because they would be not right. No one sets out to say, I'm going to make my kids hate me this year. Nobody sets out to do that. No one sets out to mess up. Nobody sets out to get fired from their job. No one sets out to to gain weight and become unhealthy. No one sets out to become addicted. No one sets out to be a moral failure. But the fact of the matter is, is that we so often do. We mess up. I need to remind everybody of something today. And if you're visiting here today, you've never come to church before, this may come as a shock to you. But those of you who have been coming for some time, uh, you're, you're familiar with what I'm going to say. And here it is. Your biggest enemy is yourself. You see, our natural tendency is to be self-centered. It's, I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to do what I want. Regardless of the consequences, I'm going to put myself first. And so, consequently, we, we, we get ourselves into trouble. All of us, unless God steps in and helps us, all of us are in a downward spiral. Did you know that? And unless the Spirit of God steps in and helps you, then you go on down that downward spiral and you find yourself fired from your job. You find yourself overweight. You find yourself in trouble financially. You find yourself broken relationships. The Apostle Paul says, it's time for you now to forget about your past and it's time for you to do something else. Now, before I tell you what that something else is, let me just remind you that the Apostle Paul called himself the chief of sinners. He believed and understood that there was no one who was as bad as he was. He called himself that. He said, I'm, you talk about sinners, I'm the worst. Nobody gets as bad as I was. And he says, and I can prove it. He says, I used to go around killing Christians just because they were Christians. That's right. He was the very first man to persecute the church. In fact, we read that in the first few chapters of the book of Acts. He's going around killing people because they were followers of Jesus Christ, because they refused to denounce Christ. And then suddenly God got a hold of his life and showed him what a wretched man he was. Not only did he go around killing Christians, but the Apostle Paul, who goes on to write many of the books of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul was full of pride and arrogance. And he believed that he was truly a great and spiritual man. But in fact, he came face to face with who he really was. He was a wretched man, full of pride, full of arrogance, and far from God. Now, here's the thing. What would happen if the Apostle Paul said, you know what, I'm such a loser. I'm, I'm the chief of sinners. I'm good for nothing. So there's, there's no hope for me. I may as well carry on down this track. Because that's what many of you are doing today. You think, man, my life's a mess. There's no hope. I may, there's no sense even trying. You see, this is exactly what the enemy of your soul wants to do. He wants you to stop trying. He wants you to give up. 
He wants you to throw in the towel. Maybe some of you have come here today and you thought, you know, I'm going to give it one more shot, but it's not, it's this Christianity thing, it ain't working for me. I'm going to tell you, it can work for you. In fact, it can work for you in ways that you could never imagine. The enemy of your soul wants to destroy you. And he wants you to get fixated on your past failures, on the things that happened yesterday. The ways that you, you, just, you just dropped the ball. The ways that you were so self-centered and you loathe yourself. You look at yourself in the mirror and you hate what's looking back at you. If that's you today, I've got very good news for you. It can change. Things can be better for you. Well, the Apostle Paul, because he was able to forget what was behind him, he was able to go on and do great things for God. In fact, he has been called the greatest theologian who has ever lived. He's been called the greatest missionary who has ever lived, the greatest Christian who's ever lived, the greatest preacher who's ever lived. That, in spite of the fact that he was called the chief of sinners, the worst man who ever lived. Now, I'm telling you this today because I want to give you hope. Because some of you have believed the lies that the enemy of your soul has been telling you. You started 2013 out and you had some resolutions. You're going to, things are going to be different. Things are going to change. And already you've dropped the ball. Already you've backslidden. Already you've done the wrong thing. Already you've gone back to drinking. Already you've given up your exercise regime. Already you've done the other thing. The Apostle Paul says you need to forget what's behind You need to press on. If the Apostle Paul had been paralyzed by his past, you and I would be the losers for it. But God got a hold of his life, and God showed him what needs to happen in his life. Now, before I go any further, I need to point out one more thing about forgetting about what's behind. And here it is. We need to forget the bad things that happened yesterday, the bad things that we've done, the bad things that, that uh, seem to plague us. But we also have to forget our successes from yesterday. And here's why. Because it is so easy for us to ride on past glory. To remember, I remember the day when I became a Christian, and I remember the day when I was really involved in church and did great things. And that now has become the standard for your Christian life. Meanwhile, you're doing nothing for God. You stopped dead in your tracks, and it's been years since you have really been engaged in church. You've been really engaged doing the work of God. There's a lot of people who need to forget not just their past mistakes, but they need to forget their past successes so that they can go on and do more for the glory of God. Anybody say amen to that? It's so easy, isn't it? To think, well, I've done my share. I've done my bit. And God's saying, it ain't over for you yet. How many know there's no such thing as retire in the Bible? There's no such thing as retire. God's got a work for you to do. And the question is this, will you do it? Okay, so we forget what's behind. What next? What do we do next? Well, the Apostle Paul says, I forget what's behind. Okay, and some of us have got some major forgetting to do. We're really, really, we're, we're paralyzed by our past. God wants to free from that today. And here's, here's what you need to do. 
The Apostle Paul says, I need to press on toward the goal to, which, to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What you and I need to do, if we're going to be a success, if we're going to be able to follow through on the things that we need to do to change, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and you're going to have to start living his way. Now let me tell you something today. The thing that sets the church apart from the psychologists and the pop psychologies and the motivational speakers is that we do, not, we do not say to you today that you've got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. We do not say to you that you've got to, you've got to exercise some psychological tricks to change your behavior. You see, the fact of the matter is, is that you may be able to change one or two behaviors, but the, the problem is, is that you are self-centered. Uh, thanks, pastor. That's, that's just what I needed to hear today. Come to church and you insult me. Look at what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to everybody, myself included. Our problem is that we are self-centered. And that's what gets us into trouble. That's why marriages fall apart. That's why families fall apart. That's why kids hate their parents and parents hate their kids. That's why people lose their job. That's why people are not successful in their business. It's because of self-centered attitudes and a self-centered approach to life. Now, listen to me. This is not a psychology lesson. This is what the Bible says. And so the solution to your problem, the solution to you, is that you need to die to yourself. Last week, we baptized 13 people. And it was, a, it was symbolic of people dying to themselves and living for Christ, following Jesus. So the way that you're going to be a success and see your goals realized is by getting your eyes off your past, off of yourself, and onto Jesus. So, well, what does that look like practically, Pastor? Well, first of all, let me say this to you. Um, statistics prove that what I'm saying to you is true. Statistics that have been, have been uh, discovered not by believers, but by unbelievers. Here's what they say. 45% of North Americans make one or more resolution every year. So 45% of the population is saying, I'm gonna, this year I'm going to lose weight. This year I'm going to get my relationships right. This year I'm going to exercise. This year I'm going to get out of debt. This year I'm going to get my money sorted out. This year I'm going to stop smoking. This year I'm going to get organized. Maybe some of you, have, I've, I've mentioned some of, the, some of your resolutions. This year I'm going I'm to I'm overcome my addictions. This year I'm going to really, really serve God. This year I'm going to get a, a raise. This year I'm going to get an advancement at work. Well, here's what they discovered. Only 8% of people are, only 8% are always successful in achieving their resolutions. Only 8%. 19% achieve their resolutions once in maybe two years. And 73% have absolutely no sex, no success or next to no success. <laughs> I feel sorry for those 73%. Okay, you with me now? <laughs> you try to say success and next in the same sentence. Uh, 
later. So we have all these people who, are, who, can't, who can't fulfill their goals. They can't fulfill their, their desires, their dreams. And it's dismal. So what's the secret? Clearly we need help. Clearly we can't make it on our own. And the one who knew this best was the Apostle Paul. And here's what he says. He says, For if a man belongs to Christ... He is a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. What God wants for you is a fresh start. The problem with us is that we, we have a tendency to try to renovate the old self. Has anybody ever heard of Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins? He's got the success tapes and on and on it goes. I'd be careful using that word. <laughs> And if you, go to the, if you go to the chapters bookstore, there's all sections on that. And not just, not just him, by the way. Lots and lots of gurus on how to get life right. But even Tony Robbins, who, who's, who's a, I'm sure he's close to a billionaire by now, if he's not a billionaire, telling people how to be a success in life. Not even he could get, could get his marriage sorted out. Not even he could get his relationship sorted out. So obviously, people, we need more than just an inner resolve. We need help from God. And this, my friends, is why you and I come to church. This is why you and I turn to Jesus Christ. Because at some point, we came to the place where we realized, I can't make it on my own. I can't do it on my own. My grandmother used to say, Christianity, it's for people who need a crutch. And my answer to that was, yeah, and your point is, it's exactly right. The, the point is, is that every one of us needs help. Every one of us needs God's help. This is what Christianity is about. It's all about the Spirit of God at work in the heart of the believer. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. Because here's, the, here's what you need to know. When you come to church, you're not just going through a set of rituals here. We're, we're not ritualistic. You'll notice that about our church. We're pretty laid back, pretty casual. I don't have a tie on. I don't, I'm not wearing the uniform of a pastor. Some, before the service, I saw somebody's T-shirt, and it had a, imprinted on the T-shirt a tie, and it said on, the, on his, uh, on his uh, shoulder here, this is my church T-shirt. I like that. Because it looks churchy. I won't, I won't tell you who that is. Just look for him in the, in the hall later. And he's going to kill me for saying that. I'm not looking over there. Um, we're talking about a relationship with God. We're talking about a supernatural relationship between God and his people. Where suddenly we experience God working in us. And speaking to us. You've heard the question, do you hear voices? And if you're a Christian, you'd say, yes. <laughs> I hear the Spirit of God speaking to me. You see, when Jesus went back into heaven, here's what he said. He said, I'm, I'm going to send the Comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to lead you in all things. Now, the reason why we are so often failing 
and losing the battle is because we're not listening to the Holy Spirit. What am I talking about? We're not really concerned about following Jesus. We've gotten caught up and distracted by the things of this world. The Holy Spirit's job is to remind us of everything that Jesus has said and everything that Jesus wants us to do. Do you know that God, in his relationship with you, has a special work that only you can do? Did you know that when it comes to your relationship to God, God wants to speak specifically to you? Did you know that following Jesus means listening to his voice? We use the expression following Jesus, but for many people, that's just an expression. They don't really know what it means. Well, I'm going to tell you what it means. It means every day you are listening to the leading of Jesus Christ by his Spirit. Now, there's so many churches that say we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but they don't really believe in the Holy Spirit because they ignore the Holy Spirit. How many of us here today ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit? You say, Pastor, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, let me tell you. You and your wife have just had a tiff. And the Spirit of God says to you, say sorry. It's not an audible voice, but you feel it inside. Say sorry. And you're too mad. The Spirit of God says, say, say sorry. Say sorry now. And you know what inside, you've got that, and you refuse to, you walk away. And no, I'm not saying sorry. She started so she can say sorry. <laughs> That's my wife over there. <laughs> And you know that if you don't respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, a wedge has come in between you and your wife. And by the way, it's not just men who say sorry to their wives. Sometimes, everybody knows that sometimes it's got to be the other way around, right? But mostly men have to say sorry, right? Because they're mostly wrong, right? And all the ladies said... Okay, men, you bring If that was your wife that said amen, you bring her to me after. We'll sort her out. Okay. At work, you got a nasty workmate. Really, really nasty. They use your mug all the time. It's your name's clearly written on it. They use it. They don't even wash it out after. They do it all the time. And you just think, you know what? What a jerk. You're a Christian, and you've got a real bad attitude towards this person. And next thing you know, the Spirit of God is saying, just wash the cup out and be quiet. Just wash the cup out and let them use it. The Spirit of God says, go buy another cup and let them have your cup. The Spirit of God says, bring donuts for everybody at work. Or if you're a health nut, carrot sticks. <laughs> I think they would prefer donuts <laughs> and you and you you don't really listen to the holy spirit and next thing you know your heart's grown cold you got a bad attitude and next thing you know everybody's whispering he calls himself a christian she calls herself a christian well, typical of christians isn't it and you've wrecked your testimony because you didn't listen to the holy spirit your boss asks you to do something. And in your heart, the Spirit of God says, do it. 
but you're mad, you want to get home, and you, you're thinking, this boss doesn't deserve it, he always treats me like this. Next thing you know, you roll your eyes, and your boss is mentally made a note. Next time we cut somebody from the position, he goes, she goes. And you wonder why things aren't going well for you at work. You go shopping. You're walking by. You're just going window shopping. You, you can't afford to shop, but you think, well, I'll go window shopping. I won't go in the store. Well, okay, I'll look. Okay, I'll go in and just take a peek. Well, we'll see what they cost. And next thing you know, you're buying those shoes that you really don't need. And the Spirit of God is saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And you pick them up. Don't do it. And you're walking towards the till, and the Spirit of God is saying, don't do it. And the girl's got the scanner out. She's ready to scan the code. And the Spirit of God is saying, it's not too late. Turn back. Stop. You hear bells going off in your head. And next thing you know, you've disobeyed the promptings of the Spirit, and you bought those shoes you can't afford. You bought those pants you can't afford. You bought that, that skidoo you can't afford. You bought whatever that you can't afford. You're in trouble financially, but you see yourself, your selfish nature has got to have what it wants. Your selfish nature doesn't like to have anybody tell what to do. Your selfish nature wants to fight for its rights. Your selfish nature wants to be put first. Do you understand what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Here's what Jesus says. He says in Luke chapter 9, 23 to 24, Jesus says to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Did you hear that? This is what it means to follow Jesus, is that you deny yourself and turn from your selfish ways. In other words, you no longer serve yourself, but you begin to serve Jesus. This is what the Apostle Paul is speaking about here. Forgetting what is behind, I press on towards Jesus and the will of Christ. Not your will but the will of God. Not my will, Lord, but thine be done. You want to know why things aren't working out for you? You want to know why you're in trouble? It's because somewhere along the line, you decided to stop listening to the Spirit of God. The fire has gone out. You're not as excited about being a follower of Jesus Christ. And the reason is, is because you haven't been listening to him. But I can tell you this, everyone who listens to the promptings and the moving of the Holy Spirit and obeys what the Spirit of God is saying, they're the happy ones. They're the ones that are on fire. They're the ones that love church, love God, love people. They're the ones that, that are shining wherever they go. Jesus goes on to say this. Listen to this. These, this, this, these words may change your life, and I pray that they do. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you try to hang on to things and doing things your way, you're going to lose it all. You won't, you won't be able to fulfill those resolutions. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. Where are you at right now? Is your life a mess? You're in trouble financially? You're in debt? And you keep on spending? The financial gurus say, cut up your credit cards so you'll stop spending. But what do you do? You say, well, it doesn't apply to me. And what happens if I, got a, if I get a Big Mac attack and I have no credit card? What will I do then? 
So you're in trouble financially, you're in trouble health-wise, and on and on it goes. Is the Spirit of God speaking to your heart right now? Because here's what you need to know. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have been given the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth and to lead you into all things successful. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to succeed. He wants you to do well in your job. He wants you to have a great marriage. He wants you to have a great family. He wants life to be good for you. He wants you, to, he wants you to, to be healthy and to lose weight. He wants you to see your goals achieved. But listen to me, it won't happen unless you are enabled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's some people who are successful in some areas of their lives, but their other parts of their life is an utter and total wreck. God wants you to be a success on every front in your life. And the way that that's going to happen is when you come to God and say, God, help me to make right choices as the Spirit of God leads you. You're going through the checkout at Superstore. You know how much I love Superstore. And the clerk is miserable. And you want to be miserable right back. But the Spirit of God says, be nice. Be nice to her. Say a kind word. Thank her for her services. Not sarcastically either. But with the love of Christ. This is what it means to be a Christ follower. This is what it means to be a success in life. Are you listening to the voice in your heart? Because here's what I'm going to tell everybody right now. Because some of you remember when you were led by the Spirit, where you listened to that prompting in your, you know, that, that little voice in your head, in your heart. You used to listen to that, but it's been a long time since you've listened and you haven't heard that voice anymore. I'll tell you what happens, folks. When you refuse to do what the Holy Spirit prompts you to do, your heart grows hard, it grows calloused. And you no longer want to hear what God has to say because you want to do it your way. I'm going to tell you, when you do it your way, your life goes into a downward spiral. But when you listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in every area of your life, you begin to go up and you begin to be a success and you begin to see things go right for you. You and I need to learn what it means to listen to the prompting of the Spirit. This is the key to seeing all your goals met. This is the key to being successful in every area of your life. Would you stand with me, please? When you leave here today, you can do one of two things. You can... uh, You can just say, oh, that was good, and away you go, and just forget about all this. Or you can take a moment before you leave here today and pray and say, Spirit of God, I want to hear your voice again, and I want to respond to your spirit. God, I want to start doing things your way because I want my life to be a success in every area of my life. You show me somebody who's failing, somebody who's who's fallen apart. Show me a marriage that's failing. Show me a family that's failing. Show me somebody struggling with school. I'm going to show you somebody who's not listening to the promptings of the Spirit. Because here's what I know. Is that when God invited you to come and follow Jesus, 
He was making a promise to you that he would lead you into all things good. And here's what I know after following Jesus all these years is that any time I've ever gotten into trouble, it's always been because I haven't followed Jesus. I've followed my own ideas, my own wishes, my own will. But every time I follow Jesus, every time I do what Jesus wants me to do, I have success. Things go well for me. Jesus will never lead you into failure. Do you hear that today? Jesus will never lead you into failure. He will only lead you into success. So today you need to say, God, by your spirit, help me to listen to that voice in my heart. Help me to do what you're saying. And watch how things will change for you at work. Watch how your attitude changes. Watch how your boss begins to notice you and decides to give you a raise and give you a promotion. Watch how your wife responds to you. Watch how your husband responds. Watch how your kids respond to you. Follow the promptings of the Spirit and your life will change. Let's pray together now. God, we thank you right now for what you want to do in our lives. We thank you that this is not just a religion we're part of, but God, you've invited us into this into this a supernatural relationship with you. And you want each one here today to walk in success. You want each one here to do well, to succeed. You want each one here to see their goals re- realized. You want each one here to see their resolutions fulfilled. And God, that happens, we know, when we commit ourselves completely to you and listen to that still small voice, that prompting of the Spirit in our hearts. Help us now, we pray, O God, to listen carefully and to do what you say. Help us, O God, we pray, not to ignore or to grieve the Holy Spirit, but help us to obey you and do exactly what you tell us to do every moment of every day. Because this is what it means to have a relationship with Almighty God. It's a daily listening to the promptings of the Spirit and obeying. And so we thank you today, God, for your love for us. And we commit ourselves to you right now and pray that 2013 would truly be our greatest year ever. And we pray that for Christ's sake. And everyone said it with me? Amen. Amen. Now tell that person beside you to go follow Jesus.